Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Ad Mail. This is Adam Bergman. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And today's episode is real estate focused. Got a lot of questions about real estate. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast exclusively based on real estate questions. And you know what? They're not just going to be IRA real estate questions. They're going to be general real estate questions. So I can answer people's questions about investing directly in real estate, whether investing in real estate is a good idea, and what are the primary ways to invest in real estate? Three great questions, one great podcast, and it's starting right now. Question one, what is direct interest in real estate? So it's a great question. When you invest in real estate, you can invest directly or technically indirectly. A direct investment in real estate is where you actually own the underlying real estate asset. So for example, Adam uses his personal cash or his IRA or 401k to buy real estate. Title is in the name of Adam Bergman or IRA Financial Trust, custodian for the benefit of Adam Bergman, or maybe Adam Bergman's 401k trust, or maybe an LLC that's wholly owned by an individual, myself, or my retirement account. Now, for example, I own real estate in LLCs, Delaware LLCs, Florida LLC, I have an IRA LLC. So there's different ways to directly own real estate. You can invest in a fund that owns real estate, and technically that's a direct investment as well, right? If you invest in a real estate fund that owns the actual real estate, the actual property, the land, the building, that's a direct investment. Now, flip side, if you have an indirect interest in real estate, maybe you are a lender, right? Maybe you're lending a developer money. Maybe you're giving someone a mortgage on a property. That is an indirect exposure to real estate. You don't necessarily have any interest because when you're a lender, you don't actually own the underlying real estate, of course, unless there's a default, but you still have exposure to the real estate market. Now, what about publicly traded REITs, real estate investment trusts? In that way, some people would say it's a direct investment because technically that REIT owns the underlying property. And some would say, well, it's more indirect, right? Because you're investing technically in a publicly traded vehicle that you can buy or sell that owns real estate. So it's in some ways, the distinction is quite blurry now because of the very um, advanced ways and different um, variety ways people can own real estate. And the products are becoming even more exotic. Um, but for the most part, if you have a direct ownership and equity ownership in the property, it's direct. Now, the most extreme case of direct is where the title's in your name, right? A more or less direct investment is if you own an interest in a fund where the property is maybe titled in the name of the fund, and then you own a percentage of the fund. Some would say that's an indirect ownership because you don't actually own the real estate directly. You own the fund. But in some cases, you still have 
an active interest in the real estate through your ownership in the fund. And same with a REIT, or for example, if you own stock in Toll Brothers, you own stock in the company Toll Brothers and Toll Brother owns the real estate. That would be a little bit more indirect than a REIT, which even though it's publicly traded, is more of a direct interest. It's an investment trust into real estate. And of course, the most indirect is if you're a lender. So you don't have ownership in that real estate, but you still have exposure to that real estate in the sense that you um, have a, a loan outstanding against the real estate. So that's question one. Question two, is real estate investing a good idea? <laughs> so I think it's an easy answer. I think the answer is yes. Um, it's funny. I would say 15, 20 years ago, if you talk to financial advisors, and again, I'm just a tax lawyer, so I'm going off my personal experience. You spoke to financial advisors 10, 15, 20 years ago, they wouldn't necessarily be pushing real estate in your portfolio, right? They'd say, well, you wanna get more fixed income, you wanna have more high growth equities, maybe exposure to foreign equities. Real estate wasn't really part of someone's overall portfolio profile. Now it is. You know, I just had a, um, a client call me as a big wealth manager in New York City at a major bank. And we were talking and he's like, Adam, you won't believe this, but I am begging my clients to get more exposure to real estate and not necessarily REITs or stocks like Toll Brothers that Lennar that own, that their business is associated with real estate, but actually owning the real estate directly, like either investing in a real estate fund or actually taking money out from my account and going to buy real estate where it's income producing, for example, or maybe it's an interest in a commercial real estate property, but I want my clients to have at least 10% exposure to real estate. And he said, Adam, 10, 15 years ago, it would be probably 2%. Okay. And yeah, he deals with high net worth people, say 5 million plus in, in wealth, but he believes that this is something that should apply to more of us. And he said, especially now, when we're dealing with an environment of six to 7% inflation, which could, could grow uh, or not, maybe uh, it's, it's temporary, uh, but maybe it's not. The good thing about real estate is it's income producing, right? Especially if it's residential, the rents term is short. So you can always raise rent next year, year after. The asset would appreciate technically and if it's an inflationary period and it's a hard asset. Okay, so it's worth something, it's not intangible. So it gives people a lot of comfort to know that, hey, the market's been horrible, right? We've, I just actually looked, I, I put away money every week for my kid. I have like a little Robin Hood account with him. And soon we're gonna have that on IRA Financial. We have a partnership just with, with Fidelity that we're gonna be offering equities, robos in the coming months. But right now I do use Robin Hood. I have a personal account with him. There's you know six, seven grand in it, nothing crazy. And, um, my, my other son just said, hey, dad, take a look at the account today. We haven't looked in a few months. You know, we put money away, but I told my kids, don't worry about value. Just save, 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 save. Over time, you're going to get 9%, 10% a year. Don't worry. But I, I actually looked and we're down like 300 bucks in the last year and a half, which we were up thousands, um, you know, just a couple months ago. So um, no one's immune to this. And the good news is real estate, even though, even if the market tanks a little bit and the asset doesn't go up or even decreases in value, you still have the income producing dividend in the form of a rental income. So 
Uh, I, I think it's a great idea to invest in real estate. Now, obviously, if you have 15,000 bucks in an IRA or a personal account, can't buy much real estate. So in that case, I would go buy, if you want exposure to real estate, buy a REIT, right? Maybe you want to buy a stock of a real estate company. You're probably not going to have enough money to buy anything directly. If you have more significant wealth, I think owning real estate um, makes sense. Some people rather own it directly. Why? Because they have more control over it. They're the one controlling the transaction. And I have some friends and clients that rather do it indirectly. They're passive. They don't want to actively manage it. They don't have the time. They don't care to do it. And they'd rather a professional manager operate the investment. So it's up to you, right? Both ways will work. It's what your preference is. But the main advantages, obviously, and let's go, you know, owning it personally versus in a retirement account. You own a personal, there's losses that you can use to potentially offset income based off the at-risk and passive activity loss rules. Um, you're going to be able to get depreciation, sometimes accelerated depreciation expenses, which you could then use to offset other income. You get cash flow if it's net rental income producing. You have also at the same time the appreciation of the asset, just like a really good dividend paying stock. You get the appreciation of the stock and you get that annual dividend. Also a really good hedge against inflation. It's a hard asset. Okay. And it's also a asset that some people know and trust more so than Wall Street. So for some people, it's more about, hey, I want to drive by that house and know it's there. I can touch it, see it. I know I don't have to worry about waking up one Tuesday morning and see the Dow Jones down 4,000 points or 1,200 points. I can't live with that. It's too volatile. It's a seesaw. I can't do, I like to know I'm getting six, 7% net. I have my property or it's land or it's commercial, it's residential. I'm good. Okay. So I think every wealthy or any, any um, person with, with a, a, a growing wealth portfolio should have, you know, five to 10% exposure minimum of real estate, whether it's direct or indirect from an IRA form case standpoint, obviously there's also a tax advantage, right? You don't get the loss, but the income and gains are tax deferred. So if you have $10,000 net rental income goes back to the IRA without tax. You sell the property for a million dollars gain, goes back to the IRA without tax. Now, if you own in a Roth IRA, you could pull the money out tax-free so long as you're 59 and a half, the Roth's been open at least five years. So big, big advantage. Plus you have the same other advantages, i.e. hard asset hedge against inflation. You get the rental income and obviously the hopefully appreciation on the asset. So um, obviously I do think it is a good idea. I'm not giving anyone investment advice, of course. Personally, you know, I've actually reallocated a lot of my portfolio in the last few years. Um, cryptos and real estate still own a bunch of equities. I think you need exposure to equities. I think any, any good wealth professional will tell you, do not just do one asset. Don't just buy real estate. Don't just buy cryptos. Diversify stocks, fixed income, all that should make up a really good portfolio. And you should work with a good financial advisor who can give you good advice um, on what you should do. So I, I certainly recommend that. I'm not that person. I'm a tax lawyer, but I can tell you from a tax perspective, you know, what makes a lot of sense. Third and final question of today's ad mail is, what are the primary ways to invest in real estate? Another important question. 
So I'll just briefly review direct and indirect. The direct, most common ways, you buy the real estate directly in your name, Adam Bergman, or in the name of an LLC, you know, Blue Sky LLC. The owner, Adam Bergman. That's a direct investment. More of an indirect investment is you can invest in a real estate fund with a bunch of friends or maybe a professional real estate fund. Okay, and that could be private where you need to be a accredited investor. So that would require a subscription agreement, generally either a Reg A, Reg D, to regulated investment, usually only open to accredited investors, unless it's like a family um, type situation where you're not raising money from the general public, friends and family. In that case, you may not have to be regulated or do some type of Reg A or Reg D. If you're raising less than 5 million, you can get under a crowdfunding exemption where it doesn't have to be regulated. But overall, that's, in a sense, a quasi-direct investment. You invest in the fund, which is a flow-through, and the fund owns the real estate. Now, you own the fund, right? So let's say the fund's called ABC Fund. You don't own the real estate. You own ABC Fund, but the fund owns the real estate. So it's kind of a quasi-direct, indirect way of owning real estate. You can buy publicly traded securities like REITs, or Toll Brothers, Lennar, companies that are in the real estate world. It's another indirect way of getting access to real estate. The idea is if real estate appreciates and you own a company that builds homes, that stock should also do fairly well. Same with REITs, real estate investment trusts. If you believe in the commercial real estate market, you think it's undervalued because of COVID, or you believe in residential, whatever it is, there's different types of REITs that you could focus on. The investment could be domestic in the United States, could also be foreign. You can get access to foreign real estate. It's a lot more of exotic, specialized types of funds, whether they're public traded or private, today than there were 15 or 20 years ago. Now, obviously, there's more safety in investing in publicly traded um, securities because it's regulated by the SEC and there's liquidity. You can trade it anytime you want. You invest in a private fund, generally, there's a lockup period. Okay, it could be a year, two years, three years, five years. No guarantee you get your money back. Obviously, and generally, you need to be an accredited investor. Who's an accredited investor? Someone that has $300,000 of income, two consecutive years, or a million dollars of net worth, excluding primary residence. Okay, I also mentioned if the raise is less than $5 million, you may be able to get in um, without being accredited. So... Those are probably the more popular ways. If you want a real indirect way, hard money loans is a nice way where you lend money to real estate developers or maybe give someone a mortgage and you have indirect exposure to the real estate marketplace by the loan. Also, tax liens for tax deeds is another interesting way to get exposure to the real estate market. So as I mentioned, I think it's a great idea to get exposure you know, financial, I think good financial advisors will tell you five to 10% of your net worth, worth should be somewhat tied to real estate. So get great hedge against inflation, hard asset, gives you, hopefully if it's rental producing, you'll get income on a monthly, quarterly, annual basis. You'll also at the same time, hopefully get appreciation on that asset, which is a you know, simultaneous benefit. So that's the you know major advantages and also i would say some people just trust real estate more than wall street right so i mentioned you just people feel comfortable if they can drive by 
the home or the piece of land or the building and just see it and touch it and say, yeah, that's mine. No matter what happens on the NASDAQ or Wall Street, I don't care. I sleep well at night. I wake up. My home is there. The renter's in there. He or she's paid me the 1500 bucks a month. I know I got my 7% rate of return. Over the next five years, that building is going to appreciate X percent. I'm good to go. And then others say, you know what? I want to ride the crypto wave and I'm going to trade cryptos or I'm going to trade stocks or GameStop. And, you know, it's, it's teach your own. That's the beauty of the investment world. You have options. You can do the most traditional stuff like fixed income. You can do stocks. You can do bonds. And you can also do real estate uh, where you have maybe a little bit more risk, but also I think a lot more upside. And I also do think more diversity and um, potentially um, higher upside because you can get the income producing as well as the appreciation um, on that asset. So um, you can also do it in a retirement account, whether it's stocks or real estate. And again, the main advantage is if you do real estate in an IRA, all the income and gains are deferred. They go back to the IRA without tax. When you're over 59 and a half, you can pull out what you want and just pay tax on it. If you have a Roth IRA, you can do all your investing tax-free. So long as you're over 59 and a half, the Roth's been open five years or more, you can pull out all the money tax-free. And there you go. That is today's ad mail episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. A lot of fun. Appreciate you guys spending some time with me today. And um, check me out next week. I will um, hopefully just be um, as fun as, as this week and we'll have three more really good questions for you. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've got a new format going on. You can check us out on YouTube. Trying to get a lot more people to our YouTube channel. We drop five videos a week, three podcasts. So tons of really good content. If you love self-directed retirement accounts, investments, you want to learn more about alternative assets, uh, I'm your guy. I think you're not going to find many tax lawyers that um, know as much as me um, in this world. Um, you can ask my wife. I don't know a lot about much else other than sports. Um, barely can turn on my Roku, my Apple TV, um, even Zoom. Have trouble doing. But you ask me about tax code, IRAs, 401ks, um, I will get you an answer. Um, so if you do have questions, send them in. You can hit us up on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, IRA Financial, or send them to info at irafinancial.com and just write add mail or ask Adam and it will get to me. I promise. I got like a hundred in the queue looking for more. I'll pick the three best for next week. So thank you for listening and watching. Have a wonderful rest of your week.